Okay, and welcome to this episode of The Unnoticed Show. Shelley James, yes, she is my sister, but she's also the creator of Luna Go Lightly. Shelley, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, you're here not just because you're my amazing sister, but also you've managed to create a set of avatars that have got over one and a half million views of some edumercials for kids. Tell us about Luna Go Lightly and the problem that you're solving and how other people can learn from it. Oh, I have a doctorate from the Royal College of Art in Optics and Perception. And uh, I'm also qualified as an electrician, which, is, which makes an interesting combination. I started this project, in fact, during lockdown because I found myself really struck by how the young people around me were locked down, locked inside, and I could see them really struggling. And I realised that there were some very, very simple things that they could do and that their parents could do to make a massive difference. And it was all about light. And so what I did to begin with was simply to reach out to experts because I felt that there were so many people around the world doing some brilliant work in this field. And so I spoke to scientists, I spoke to um, education specialists, and I spoke to some manufacturers. And I recorded a series of interviews, initially to find things out myself, but also then to share that with other people. And that started to build an audience, in fact. And at the end of that, I invited these world experts to come together for a panel debate, because I thought, what can I offer them back? Uh, for their time. And what I realised when I asked them whether they were free was they suddenly all wanted to be together in the same room. People in the same, in different disciplines very often don't get a chance to meet each other. So we had a panel debate. And at the end of that, we all agreed that this information was so precious and so powerful, but there was nowhere for ordinary folk to find this stuff out. And so I reached out to, and they said, Bob, Shelley, why don't you have a go at doing that? And so I took down, the, took on the challenge. And in fact, three of the manufacturers who were in, who had connected through this process of making interviews, they um, agreed to sponsor this initial, this initial foundation series. And we came up with the idea of Luna Go Lightly and her dad um, and her little brother Beam and Spectrum the Cat and the Fireflies is a little sort of unit who would be the host for this conversation. And we also realised that the audience that we wanted to connect with were teens um, because they're the ones that that really get, they're starting to make their own dis- decisions and they're really affected by this. And we realised, and certainly I'm inspired by the teens around me, including your amazing daughters, Jim, about mm-hmm. how when they know about why they should do something, they get on and do it. They are absolutely remarkable. As long as we're there telling them to do stuff, they go, well, whatever. If they really get why, then 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 they really take it on. And in fact, they're always ready to share. So we developed this thing and this initial concept and these, these sponsors came on board for this foundation series. And what I realized that I needed to do was to make sure it was independent. And so I made sure all these, I chose... I chose sponsors from different sectors, so there was no competition. They were all absolutely in it for the same thing, which is to put the humans back at the centre of human-centred lighting. And what I also did was to bring scientists in so that it wasn't just about selling products. It was actually about solutions. It was about what really makes a difference. And the third thing I did was to bring in a focus group of teens so that I, because I don't have kids myself, I, I I spend as much time as I can, you know, learning what they, what they're interested in, but I don't have kids myself. And so I 
invited a, a, a small group of teens to, to to help me to make this work in a way that to deliver the information in a way that they work that would work for them. And it was an interesting journey. And we were sort of I felt as if I was in a hurry, really. I decided that I wanted to launch this soon after Christmas, sort of early January time, because I could see these kids suffering. And I knew that by the time the spring came on, who knew everything's moving so fast. So I came up with an initial concept and I did some cartoons, I did some drawing and I showed that with the guys and they went, well, whatever. Yeah, it's okay, but whatever. And actually it was your idea, Jim, to come up to use a tool which was much closer to sort of a TikTok style. And uh, so I came back with that uh, using an online platform. I created um, some free avatars using an online design platform. I'd used um, sort of some graphics using an online design platform. And I showed that to the teens and I saw their eyes light up. They went, ah, oh, now that's more like it. They said, is, I can. Now, was this the first ones we did with Doodly and, and Toonly or is this the Lumen 5 version? Because actually we went through a couple of iterations, didn't we? We went through lots of iterations, absolutely. So the first ones are hand-drawn and then put through Doodly. And then I tried Toonly with their own. But they were. it was always a little bit too, um, they went, yeah, it's sort of like the kind of thing we'd get at school. It's sort of all right. But it was when we moved on to sort of, when we started to use Lumen 5, which gave us a completely different aesthetic. It was poppy. It was, um, and actually Luna, I mean, the initial idea was, you know, there was a story about Luna and the kids were saying, well, that's honestly, it's just taking too long to get into this. And when we went right back to core message, we came up with a formula, actually, which with their help really lands very, very quickly. And Luna simply becomes the host with the sponsors. So the idea was to listen to what the teens needed and gives them that in a way that they would get and not keep on pushing our own agenda, whether it be to kind of promote Luna or to promote a product. And this is one of the key elements of the Speak PR program is that you're creating content in the format that the audience already is comfortable with, you know, rather than creating what were initially sort of what was PowerPoint presentations for children, right? And that, that missed the mark. The content was interesting, but the format was not. That was a big lesson too. the medium being the message, right? Yeah, oh, Marshall McLuhan's right there. It's it's yeah. it's true. And I think the other thing that was interesting was that one of the reasons I was very glad to have a set of sponsors who were passionate about this topic too is that when we asked the, 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 the kids what they needed to know, some of the topics that this manufacturers were very proud of in their products, they went, well, whatever. It just wasn't on the agenda. So that's something else we were able to um, – so we, we, we used – a language, a visual language, and a timing that the kids are used to. And we also met them where they were in terms of their interests. So that was something else that we learned very quickly and actually has meant that um, we were able to create content which um, which really landed. And what's interesting is that the original idea, the, 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 we created a, a series so that people could, I suppose, almost like a funnel of information for different dimensions or different parts of their of their relationship. So we have a, a 40 second quick hit, and then we have a, a minute and a half up to two minutes longer dive with some practical solutions like light meters and things. And then we have an interview with a scientist. 
uh, about the underlying science. And this toolkit is starting to be used by schools. And we'd expected that the and we'd expected that the information or that they would only watch the 42nd. Maybe that's enough. But actually what we're finding, particularly for a couple of the more technical topics like flicker and headaches, the two-minute version is getting 47%, 49% watch. So that's a two-minute video about Flickr. And you'd think that's... So we were able to use social media platforms to really... We fed it out week by week, and we adjust, We were able to adjust things like the titles. We were able to adjust the um, where things were delivered in a way that over time... Our, our scores have gone on one particular video where we simply changed the title. It went from 7.5% click-through up to, it's now at 13%. It's actually up nearly one of our, well, it's 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 not our best ones, but it's you can really be super agile and super quick by creating this, by, by monitoring the, 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 the spend and the kind of feedback very quickly. That's what we call amplification in the Speak PR program is just tell us then you've got these different uh these different video formats um sort of 40 to two minutes uh which platforms then have you been able to send them out to shelly so we simply went to where our audience is which is facebook and instagram uh we looked at tiktok uh and we looked at twitter but neither of those have really taken off in the way that we thought they might and so what we've done is simply to focus and it's been interesting because we initially placed the ads through Instagram and through Facebook separately and because we were adjusting the titles we were sort of playing well playing around fine-tuning Instagram actually blocked us briefly from putting the ads up and so what we were able to do, in fact, thanks to my amazing VA, we were able to do was to place the Instagram ads via Facebook. And what we'd seen was that the Instagram engagement, we were getting many more, many more. Uh, the reach was much bigger, but the engagement much, much was, was relatively low. So on Instagram, on Facebook, I was getting 12, 15, 20 percent click and watch whereas on instagram we were getting six seven eight up to nine percent so what we found is in fact by placing the ads via facebook onto instagram we're getting a lower reach i mean they're still in the thousands a day but we're getting lower reach but higher click through higher engagement well why why do you think that is Honestly, I don't know. But what's interesting is that just fine tuning things like changing the title, changing the cover image, changing the pathway for play, even just for placing that ad seems to make a massive difference. Yeah. Yeah. I use a a tool called Headline Analyzer, and it's amazing the difference in discoverability just by changing a few words can make, you can have a score of 50 to 60 through up to about 84 is the highest I've ever got out of 100 just by changing the titles. So that's a really great learning as well. So just one other thing that made a big difference um, to the way, I think, not only to the way that Facebook and Instagram have been promoting and, and sort of helping us to reach those amazing numbers, um, but also to, to how the um, to how they're landing is that we, we were very careful about the, the image at the 
the, the landing image, the way into the piece really made a massive difference. And I, and I adjusted one of them slightly and again, it shifted. And what was interesting is that the, one of them has a picture of a dad on the front and that has done very, that, that's one of our best. Wow. Yes. I like that one as a dad. Yes. Yeah, so you're, so the thumbnail as I think it's called, right. Is also making a difference. So it's really is a, a science, but also an iterative one. Uh, right. That that's also been a really good learning from, from this. What can we just talk a little bit about the content? Um, Initially, you went, well, we went to a big agency. Um, what was the original sort of idea of cost? Because I think that was one of the bottlenecks originally, wasn't it? So that, that seems it to was. me something just worth thinking about when people think about an idea. And we got, we got sort of some pretty scary numbers, didn't we? But we came back uh. with some solutions. Absolutely, Jim. So I, I mean, I've worked in big agencies myself and I, and you, and, you sort of think that the only way to really make an impact to make a difference is to use a giant agency, probably in Soho or in New York, uh, because they all look so cool and uh, they do amazing, amazing work. But we went out to a couple of them. And in fact, some of them are so grand, they it felt like a privilege that they would even talk to us. And they said, oh, well, it'll be three months or so a couple of months. To, of course, you've got Christmas. It'll be a couple of months to do the concept. And that'll be £5,000 to just do the concept because we like you. That's cheap for us. And we will retain the copyright for the things that we create. And then if you want to make some more for every if you wanted to make five, um, that'll be £75,000 plus the initial plus the buyout of the rights. So I was thinking, shall I mortgage a house? What, how, how does that work? Yeah. Um, and, and also sort of worried that if I went for something I also went to some smaller agencies and that was sort of 25 grand, which was sort of pretty much double the budget. So, and that's without paying myself. So I thought, I, I thought, well, if I, I don't want to sort of feel like I'm going for something that's sort of just cheap and cheerful because actually they're pretty uninspiring. Those, um, cheap ones I mean it wasn't that cheap either um, and it was still going to take ages and I was going to have to kind of explain to the designer all the time what I wanted. So, I decided that either I went sort of top dollar or I just went for it. And because actually I didn't have the choice of going top dollar, I just went for it. And that's been a brilliant lesson in, um, I suppose, having confidence in your own ideas, but also using the tools that are out there. Because when we, sh when, when, when I share what I've done with these giant, I mean, some of my sponsors are the biggest in the world. And yeah, well, like, let's give them a shout. Soul, Soul Semiconductor, yeah. Signify, Fagerhold, right? These are, these are big names that also put their toe in the water a little bit. They gave some budget, but not not really a huge amount, but enough to get it started, right? So it created a, a real limitation on the production budgets. Which I think is in a way is is a benefit. I mean, again, one of the lessons from this is is to is to stay agile and that a, sort of a five thousand pound ceiling for a little sort of sponsorship spend. It's, it's about the price of a, of a transatlantic ticket, you know, business class or, you know, we're not, you're in the realm of things that they can actually, in fact, one of the clients suggested that he pay on his Amex card, you know, so you're in the realm of things that they can, they can make a, take a punt on above that level. You start to go into committees and then your idea sort of just runs into the sand. I think the other thing that really helped this process of moving quickly is that it was the end of the, it was the year end sort of no, October, November, and they've got a little bit of money to mop up. 
So, well, a couple of them had, particularly because the pandemic meant that they weren't able to do some of the trade shows and things that they were doing. So, uh, and they were sort of looking for ways to pivot. And so that also was, a, I think, cho- have, choosing your moment can really help in that zone as well. So I think that's really lots of wonderful learnings in there and that that you focused on on the children really made a big difference, didn't it? That it wasn't a hero piece. And I think we had that decision about focusing on spending on the promotion, not on the production. And that, that was also a, a key moment, I think, wasn't it? In terms of um, the, the response, can you talk a little bit about the sort of the engagement on the client side? What have you had to do to sort of negotiate and, and get them from a sponsorship and positioning perspective? Because the the way that you've got it financed is a new model, really, to get three sponsors for one piece of content. Just tell us a little bit about how you negotiated that, because that's some pretty clever footwork. <laughs> well, I suppose, as with everything, it's to do with um, building a relationship. I didn't know these guys to begin with. And what I did first was to offer them a platform in using the interviews essentially as an excuse to speak to them and as an ex- as a way for them to meet other people that they couldn't meet otherwise. So I went in there with a give, um, with an open-handed give with no expectation at all. So I'd say that's the first lesson is that you meet people as human beings who are passionate about their topic and you give them the benefit of the doubt about that. You You kind of you set the expectation that we're all in this for the right reasons. So I'd say that's the very first thing. And the interview is a great, or the podcast or something, it's a great excuse. So I'd say that was the first thing. I'd say the next thing was to um, be clear that we were in a kind of, um, we're in a team where um, there wasn't any sort of, nobody was getting their names in as sales. So there was there was completely um, open about I was in charge of the content with the kids for the same reason. And that what I what I would deliver for them was content that they could use with their sales teams and in trade fairs and in other situations where they just need to break up the monotony of a PowerPoint presentation. So I was offering them um, some tools that they were clear where they could use them, but they weren't. But they were also clear that they um that they weren't entirely in charge of the, they, they weren't commissioning me to make something. They, we were all together on a journey to shift the language about human-centered lighting. Yeah, I think you've done that really cleverly. Yeah, and I think I mean I think the other thing was that was, I suppose, footwork or not. What was great was that I I got an anchor tenant in there first. I mean, Soul Semicon is 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 giant, and and the guy who. Um, is my sponsor and in fact we're talking about the next level of a sponsorship now um he's he's quite a he's an unusual man and ready to take ready to try stuff out and he's got some discretion he's actually far enough away from head office and he does interesting enough stuff that they let him get on with it and once i've got that in the bag i could say well these guys are doing it and so there's quite a lot to be and it's even one of them I said, look, I'll give you a discount so that I just have you on there. So, um, but I, but I'd already got a couple of anchor tenants, and he wanted to be in, but he hadn't, couldn't work out how to make it work. And I said, well, having having a triad in these different sectors will just really ramp it up for all of us. So, okay, you can come in. So, I think, yeah, anchor tenant and building, finding people who are ready to take a risk and delivering them um, 
one of the great things for Mark, who from Soul Semicon, who took the risk, start, but he was my anchor tenant, um, is that his boss over in Korea, I mean, in Korea, myopia and the problem of bad lighting in kids is just massive. I mean, there's just a whole generation of kids who are on the verge of, you know, really struggling with their eyesight, particularly into later years. And he was, he was, he, the project got noticed by his boss, uh, the head of sort, and you know, they never do that. And we, we were, when we decided to launch Luna on LinkedIn and, you know, was at other platforms, his boss, CEO, got his weight behind it and did a quote and we got 1200 views on LinkedIn in four hours on that day. So, you know, it's, I was able to give him something back um, in terms of his own kind of association with the project, which is, um, which is seen to be, it's, it's in line with their positioning and in line with his own positioning as a kind of a, as an innovator. Yeah. So you've really taken care of a number of different stakeholders really, haven't you Shelley, both the, both the young people who are the primary stakeholders and then and then the the sponsors and and what about for you now you're being approached by the media you've been on the bbc radio talking about light you've been approached by a pr firm to you know uh, to be a client they'd like to work with you which is a nice turn of events what what's next one last sentence then shelley what's next for luna go lightly and, and the age of light innovations group well it's exciting times I think some of the sponsors who I spoke to before Luna started have come back and want to be part of the next one. It's the full restaurant thing. I'm now looking at um, how to bring that closer to specifiers and architects and people who can actually make those sorts of decisions. So I'm working, I'm in conversations with um, one of the very, a couple of large organizations in the States, particularly about bringing this message to the people who are starting to make the decisions as part of the, the well-building standards. So that's the next part of this project. Shelley James, if they want to find out about you, where can they go to find you? Well, the website is ageoflightinnovations.com and you'll find my contact details there. I'm also on LinkedIn and uh, that's probably where you'll find me most easily. So thank you very much indeed. So there you go. I told you that she's amazing. Not only she's my sister, but she's doing amazing work for young people in this world about the power of light. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Unnoticed. Wishing you the best of health, a safe lockdown, and that if you've got children, check out the Luna Go Lightly videos. I think you'll find them really informative and inspiring. I know that I have. Thanks for listening. Be well.